1: Guys, I want to start off with a question. You... What are... Taylor, what
4: are you grateful for? Um, Grateful for... Oh, I'm grateful for my dog. Grateful for you guys. Grateful for the podcast.
0: Grateful for... You only really get one thing, I think. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you don't know I don't. I, 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 I don't know
1: why you just like decided that you get to be oh. grateful for so many things. But uh, no. I'll give you one more. Sure, I, I can see you're going down <laughs> that road. Just take one more.
4: Um, right now, um, in this very moment, I'm grateful for the incredible uh, skyscape Ooh. that is happening in front of me, with beautiful passing clouds,
1: very light blue sky. And uh, and a gently setting sun. Very nice, very nice. I'm looking at the same sky, uh, Tay, and and uh, yeah, I, I feel that. Uh, hey, Lauren, what are you grateful for?
2: I'm grateful for this little butt nugget. Uh, that little, out that little pussy,
1: that little pussy there hanging out. Oh God, I'm great. You guys, yeah, on. look at that pussy. Yeah, that's right. I'm grateful
2: oh. for that pussy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for that wop. guys, come on, Taylor. What we're huh? talking about? Her cat, dude, not a wap. I'm just trying to make pop yeah. culture references. No, 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 no. What whap. I know pop wap. Co- I know pop culture. I don't think you Wait, know. No, is you... it wap or wop? Because I, I, say, I, I, thought I, WAP. I thought it was wap. I, I say wap. I know pop culture. Do you say I think w- Lauren, you're it's the WAP. one that, you're the one that has a wap. Do you say wap or wop?
2: It's a wap. You call it w- Zumper.
1: W- wop? wap? Um that's WAP. WAP. WAP W O P. What wet wet <laughs> Oh, wet, I don't know. Wet, that's aws, just wet aws, That's pussy. what the
2: kids are saying. I'm would, the youngest one here, so I can say yeah. this. Is I would what the say, kids would, are
1: saying. I, Lauren's right. I, I did go to theater school, okay, and I did study uh, intensively accents. And I think wap is what you would say if you were uh, proper English. I think wap is what you would say if you were standard North American accent. So I'm gonna go with wap. Um, and thank you for allowing me to mansplain how to
0: say wap. <laughs> I think you're wrong, though. <laughs> uh, here, yeah, no, I know you're going to get to me eventually. So, what I'm grateful for is um, sophisticated, intellectual, mature, genuine conversation. Hmm. Um, the thing, you know, those 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 moments where you like really connect with a person on a deep and meaningful level mm-hmm. level through the sharing of ideas and exploration of. Of thought yeah. through conversation, and so that's that, what I'm thankful yeah. for, and I'm and I'm really grateful that I get that in my life uh, somewhere else other than here because usually with you guys I never fucking get that.
1: Well, <laughs> you know what, Brian, uh, you're not going to wow. get that for the first thirty minutes of this episode, but oh, fuck, the last half of this episode we do speak to a doctor, a smart person, doctor, Doctor uh, Larson, <clears throat> and he specializes in wastewater. And he's an epidemiologist and he's studying COVID. It was a real, he's a, he had some really interesting things to say and we had a really fun time talking to him. So, Brian, in, in, in terms of what you're you're grateful for, that is on the way. However, you're not, until then, you're not going to get that until then. Um, I'm going to go next. Uh, I am grateful for, I am grateful for you guys. I'm grateful for Lauren's. WAP. Um, huh. I am grateful for uh, all of the people who... You know what? I, I'm going to get real serious here for a second. <clears throat> I'm really grateful for all of the people out there who trust us in in holding their attention. Because I think that uh, you know, in especially in the last like six months where life is like completely flipped upside down and there's a lot of information coming at us constantly on a day-to-day basis. There's a lot of different places that we can shift and, and give our attention to. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that trust us in giving us their attention. And I think that's kind of a, I think that's a really, I, I, am very grateful that people uh, give us that time and give Mm -hmm. us, give us that, Part of themselves because, um, yeah, because it allows us to keep doing what we're doing and, and kind of ties into what Brian was saying there. So that's what I'm grateful
0: for. Do you so know what? You, so you listening to this right now? You driving your car or With all t- those sitting on your toilet or a shit? Yeah, in yeah. your kitchen making some mm-hmm. food. Do you ever wonder how many people are listening we to us? We love you. Who,
1: who are listening to us while they're while they're uh, yeah while they're I fucking? Do. How many it's, people are how many uh, people are wiping say, their butt? No, not 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 actively not actively going. Hey, let's put on Sick Boy Podcast and fuck. But like. You know how it's like, you know, podcasts just play in the background. Lauren, I see your face. Just let me finish here. Podcast <laughs> is playing. Okay, just let me finish. Let me finish. A podcast is playing, you know. It's playing as you're cooking food. Okay, let's let's use that as an example. You're in the kitchen, you're cooking, and you're cooking dinner for your for your beau, who's like just about to get home, right? And you're listening to a podcast. You're listening to your favorite podcast, which just happens to be this one. And your beau comes in from a long day of work, and they see you in the kitchen, cooking them dinner. And they feel grateful to see this. And and so grateful that they're kind of turned on a little. And you know that thing, like, sometimes you're cooking and your partner comes up behind you and, like, kind of hold, like hold pulls you in a little tight and gives you a little, like, little nuzzle on the neck, a little kiss. And then, like, that kiss, you know, that shit, like, gets received. And you turn around and you're like, oh, we're going to... We're going to do it right here on this hot, hot fucking stove. This stove that's like, that's fucking hot. I really hot. thought
0: about this. Yeah, Thank yeah. And bad.
1: then, and then, so then you hop up on the stove and you, and then like clothes rip off. And and the next thing you know, you're having passionate, passionate lovemaking in the kitchen. Yet, guess what? Your phone was way over on the counter. It's still fucking plugged into Google. And, and hey, Google is just blaring. This our, is our voices. such an abstract situation. You don't think that's a possibility? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's certainly possible. Dude, think of,
4: <laughs> think of anything, it's possible.
0: <laughs> well, it, like, ma- it makes
4: like, it... has anybody ever fucked to listen to this podcast?
1: For sure. For sure. Yeah. But for sure. like, yeah. Is it common? Nah. Maybe, and, maybe not, but it does, it has for sure happened. But do you I think you like this it's episode way more common, way more common to be? Taking a shit. Did you say this one, this episode
4: specifically?
0: This episode specifically, do I you think, think
1: for sure, out of the that the thousands and thousands of people that are tuning in right this moment, someone's cooking their bow at dinner in, in the kitchen. Their bow just got home, they just kissed their neck, they turned around, jumped on the hot stove, and fucked.
0: <laughs> yo, dude, do you think that we could wingman somebody who's really like kind of horny right now <laughs> with their partner and be like, yo, hey, you guys listen to me. Listen to me right now. If you're if you're listening to this podcast with your partner, look at them right now. Look them in the Look them in the fucking eyes. Just,
1: whoa, Brian! You know, you and know Especially and if you, you have headphones them,
0: on and they can't hear. Fucking tell, a worse tell them name. you love them and just, <laughs> oh, God. just, just smash no. your, smash oh your face. Oh, don't say no, no, no. Don't smash. smash. No, 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 yeah, Don't say smash.
1: Do it. You're taking oh the love. You're taking the love out of it, dude. Yeah, hey, let,
0: look, look. Let me say this. The reason. Sorry, I, that was a little bit aggressive, but I was just getting. I was feeling it.
1: <clears throat> when I was talking about that, it made me think about it's Good the, thing your partner's not around there, Bri, or else you would have.
0: Yeah. She, yeah. I would have passionate, laughed. Passionate, I passionate love. Well, that yeah. would have been great.
2: It would have been like an orgy. People people are having sex <laughs> listening, people are having sex recording.
4: It's, I mean, yeah, exactly. A shared experience yeah. at that yeah.
0: point. What, yeah. guys, I'm grateful for the shared experience <laughs> of this oh, podcast. This has gone in <laughs> such a direction. <laughs> okay,
1: hold on. Hold on. I'm raining it back in here. When we were talking about that, though, people like potentially having sex while we're on in the background. I, who knows if that happens? I'm sure it's happened once at least. <laughs> but it made me think about it. Made me think about the the day that we found out that our good friend Matthew Amy passed away. And Matthew was uh, he was the first person we ever recorded the podcast with outside of the three of us. He was episode three ter- uh, um, uh, brain cancer. If you haven't listened to it, I very I highly suggest you go back and take a listen because it's it kind of set the bar for what we were trying to do. <clears throat> and anyway, it was maybe about two years after we recorded that, or a year and a half later, uh, Matthew passed away. His brain cancer caught up to him. It took his life. And, um, and the way we found out was I was sitting on the toilet taking a massive dump at our friend Steve Lund's house while we were doing some recordings there. And I remember like mid-shit reading on social media that Matt had died. Now, in the moment, there was nothing funny about that. And it, we, we were, you know, I, I quickly ended my shit, got out of the, I think I even yelled to you guys that he died while I was on the toilet, got out, we all embraced, my, my hands were washed. And then we were crying and we were holding each other. And it was like, it was actually a really like beautiful moment of grief. Uh, between the three of us, and i 'll never forget that moment, but one thing that I do remember was like about i don 't know forty minutes into our grieving, like where it was really fresh, I made the realization that like, oh my God, how bizarre that i I came to learn that Matt died while I was in the middle of taking a dump and i, and also, I, I couldn't i yeah. couldn 't not share that with you guys, and we laughed so hard in that moment, and actually it was filmed. As a part, that moment was actually captured as a part of the, because the documentary film crew just happened to be with us at that time. It didn't make the doc, which I think is probably for the best. But anyway, mm-hmm. Matt, Matt, I know you're up there and, and uh, I know you're still, I know you still listen all the way up there, wherever you are.
0: And I, but know, how many people, and I know
1: that Matt would have laughed really fucking hard at that.
0: How many, how many people <laughs> find out bad news like that, though, well, while, that's, while that was, they're taking a shit? That was what I said. I was like, yeah, how, how many yeah. people
1: do you think have, like, how many people do you think have learned that someone in their life has died while they're pooping? And that oh man, a, so dude, many. So I mean, many, if you're I, regular, you're doing that shit three times a day. Okay, well then, how many three? people do you think are fucking while they listen to us? That's dude, what I'm saying. Taylor, <laughs> I'm I'm
4: three X a day,
1: bruh. Really?
4: What's
0: man, so dude, I should so, like, I should like five six times a day sometimes, Lauren. So that's that's um that's kind of like uh that's a like sort of a sad realization. How many people realize that? But like we've <laughs> we've told this story, I guess, at the end of a podcast once. But um when Taylor oh, and I yeah. found oh, yeah. the guy um basically dead oh. on the floor in the Calgary Airport. Right. Yeah. I was mid shit and was like, Taylor was like, oh my God, oh my God, like freaking out. And I had to like like I looked under the stalls and saw this guy like basically dead on the ground that needed CPR and was like, I'm mid shit right now. Like did you obviously not did you, funny at the time, but did you like, wipe?
1: Like you were like, I need to go c- like, do
0: CPR. Did yeah, you wipe I hadn't started wiping it. So right, I right, so right. like I like wow. like half-assed wipe right. <laughs> i did a half-assed job at wiping and with like power wipe like toys like and like just yeah, i heard just him too Belmont, he was like, right?
4: like <laughs> he was going <laughs> ha, 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 ha. and i was like brian there's no time for you, you can't masturbate right now you got to get out here <laughs>
0: and then i was like then i then i like j- just immediately jumped to my cbr training and i was yeah. like hello are you responsive? And like, no, no response. My name is Brian Seaver. I'm certified in CPR. I have not wiped my hands. Is it OK yeah. if I touch you? It was and so no response. A. And I was like, just like, ha, well, I got to do it. I just I got to like, Brian. This do guy's, it. guy's dying. We got to do this now. Sorry, by the way, Jared, my levels just peep so <laughs> yeah, bad. So I okay. apologize. I'll, I'll fix it. Sorry fix to it. everybody's ears. Um, uh, so how did we
1: get on to people fucking while they listen to us? Matt dying and me finding it while I was pooping and, and Brian wiping his butt before having to give CPR to a dead human. Oh my god, this is going somewhere. Well, the reason we got here is because I started off by asking what everyone was grateful for, and this week uh, we asked all of our all of our lovely listeners who follow us on social media at Sick Boy Podcast on Twitter and Instagram uh, what they're grateful for because Thanksgiving is uh, is upon us, and um, and I like to look at Thanksgiving as a time to to spend with the people that you love and to really take. Take note of the things that you are grateful for, because uh, we are we're all very privileged and we are all very. I mean, I say we when I'm talking about we, I'm talking about the four of us Uh, and there's a lot to be grateful for. And I think it's a good practice. So we asked our our listeners, our followers, uh, what they were grateful for. We just plucked a couple of them just to toss these out there because it made my heart. Feel all warm and fuzzy. Okay, so this one uh, comes in from our Facebook post from uh, Andy, which Brian, you know, Andy. Uh, Andy says, I'm grateful for Brian Stever. Just kidding.
4: <laughs> I was like, nice, oh man. Nice Andy. one, Andy. Burn. You know, like, burn. Uh, and then
1: he says, Dennis is much better. That's your twin brother, Brian. Um, but <laughs> that then he's, is he, goes on, he goes on to say, Seriously, I often find a moment of gratitude for clean, fresh running water when in the shower. It's that simple. So many people don't have access to clean water, let alone coming out of the tap of your house. So that's really nice. Thanks, Andy. That's true. And then uh, we got another one from someone called Cranky Caterpillar at Cranky Caterpillar on IG. Go give them a follow and like all their posts all at once and just just destroy their notifications. Mm, let them yeah. make and them Just put it. sick boy references yeah, yeah, yeah. on all of their yeah. posts. <laughs> uh, Cranky Caterpillar says, not to, not to sound too sappy, but grateful for you guys and all what your guests have shared. It As it helped kick the, quote, sick and alone feeling. As well, grateful for my organ transplants so I don't eat more tastier things these days. So I can eat more tastier things these days. So there you go. Uh, Mm -hmm. Those are just a couple of the things that people are grateful for in this time. And we hope that you can take stock of some of the things that you're grateful for.
0: Yeah, and I just want to say, if you're um, joining us after a great uh, orgasm and fuck fest with your partner, welcome back to the show. Oh, um, oh, wow. I know that oh, you haven't God. been paying attention much, but it's been great to be on the background while you're just fooling around. So um, we hope you enjoy the rest of this episode, and uh, <laughs> welcome back.
1: Wow, yes, indeed, <laughs> I echo the same sentiment. Welcome. Isn't that cool though that we were there for that? Yeah. Also, also to the two of you, congr- or the three of you, or four of you, congratulations. <laughs> Yeah. Or
2: to the one of you, or to yeah, yourselves, right. you on yeah. your own. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
4: If anybody was listening to that and just got the violent urge to masturbate,
0: <laughs> you have our consent. We have go right ahead. Um, all right, and did we mention that we're part of the CBC? Yes.
1: I got another thing here. Um, speaking of the documentary, um, if people aren't aware, um, CBC actually a couple of years ago they they filmed they they. Uh, published a documentary based on the podcast and it was it was a really wonderful time we met a lot of friends uh through that process and that podcast or that um sorry that documentary can be viewable on youtube if you live in canada uh, and using a vpn if you live in the united states and as a part of that as a part of that it, it, it exists on youtube and um and you know, it was kind of just like we, we Lauren actually stumbled across this, but curious to see the comments that were on there. And there were some really, really lovely comments. Um,
2: yeah. Uh, oh, wait. No, wow. I'm sorry. I'm really? sorry. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm sorry. I was talking about the the documentary that exists. Those comments are really nice. Sorry. I meant the trailer to our, our podcast. CBC made a trailer to the podcast due to the fact that we're now a CBC podcast. And it's a quick little three minute thing. Really sweet. Really lovely. Thanks, CBC. You did a great job. Um, And there was some really nice comments under that, but there was one that really stuck out. And I think you guys are really going to appreciate this. This comment came from user Save Your Country. Uh, They wrote, (laughs) great Antifa members are getting a platform. (laughs)
0: <laughs> dude. oh dude really yes, oh, that's like the highest level of flattery for me like I, I'm so I'm so glad that some fucking troll like that decided that we were part of, part of Antifa that's great I mean you're <laughs> what, right if, if you're it, like
4: likely a troll but at the same time does it like you know I, I agree likely a troll but let's just assume. Let's just pretend for
1: a moment, like that person is serious, and they heard. And, they heard and, and and, just for reference, just for reference, in the in the trailer, uh, the trailer is three clips. One clip of us talking to a woman whose parachute didn't open; she plummeted to the earth and got fucking crushed. The second clip is us talking to Leighton Reed, past sick boy guest who also died of cancer, about how he uh, how he's um, holding auditions for other people to fall in love. Uh, to his wife when he's dead, and then the final one was N- Nahid Dasani, uh, rock star, superstar, TikTok star, uh, palliative care doctor who is you know trying to save. Uh, homeless people, people who are experiencing homelessness, their lives uh, as a palliative care doctor. Those yeah, are the three and, clips. And see? he got, and exactly. he got far, he, he got far left sentiments from that. <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly.
2: <laughs> just, you're just a bunch of SJWs with this person trying to fix homelessness. Ugh, why can't the world just stay the same? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, so at save
1: your country. Thank you for that lovely uh, uh, comment, and uh, we hope you're well. And um, and, uh, you know, uh, Trump, Tony, <laughs> 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 just, just, just joking. Um, listen, uh, I got one more thing here for you guys and this is, we're going to get serious for a second here. This is coming out of the journal.ie, which is a uh, Dublin newspaper straight. oi! straight out of Dublin. All right. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Subways. Okay. Uh, th- uh, that was like was, a, a British accent. No, British. no, no. If you actually, I'll do it again, and you'll be able to I tell. Think. You'll be able to tell okay. it was the it was the northeastern side of Dublin. Uh, uh, sorry, Ireland. Mm. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. Uh, what did I say? What, what was the Boy, word? Straight out
0: of Dublin. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. Oi, straight out of Dublin. <laughs> yeah, I, think I think it's
4: all so one accent. I think it's all one accent in the UK. I don't think, but I, oh, I mean, in the no, UK, is there more than one accent? Or yeah, I thought it was just one. Dude, are you no, serious? No, no. No, it's, it, oh, I thought it was just one. No, it's one okay, across the about board. Scottish?
1: Yes. Yeah, sc- oh, yeah, across the board. Yeah. yeah. I uh, thought Scottish you, was the same joking, as what's, the, what's, no, the, what's what's. I thought it was one. What's the capital of Scotland? I got this. I can show you the difference. What's London. No, the capital. London. no. The capital of Scotland is Galloway. Right. Oi, no. straight out Galloway. This, all right, all <laughs> right.
0: In the no, capital no, no, hold of Scotland Shhh. is Galloway. Yes.
1: Now all listen. Right. Yes, it is. Now listen. Here, uh, that was. That, you got to let me finish, so you can hear it all. Right. The difference. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oi, straight out Galloway. All right. That was. That was Scotland. Right? Yeah. Here's Ireland. Yeah. yeah. Oi, straight out Dublin. All right. That was. That was Ireland. Yeah. L- slightly different, right? I and, mean, then, and then, and then here's England. Oi, straight straight out of London. <laughs> <laughs> That is, yeah. Yeah, 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 unequivocally. I think that those are pretty, ra- pretty accurate. I literally have a Gemini on my on my mantle right well, here. There. Well, here, well, here. Let's let's do this. Let's put it out
4: to all of our UK listeners. Um, if you're in the UK right now, why don't you give <laughs> us? A, why don't you sh- either go over to our social media, tag us in a story, um, go to some of our posts on social media, or just or you can or you can write us info uh, at sickboypodcast and let us know how Jeremy is doing with his accents, yeah. if his London his. His uh, Galway, which I don't
1: believe, is in.
4: It's the capital
0: Scotland. of Scotland. So it's the capital. Of Scotland. Edinburgh is the
1: capital of Scotland. Don't be a fucking idiot. No, I in think Dublin is the capital of <laughs> Ireland. Um, I mean, just let us don't know how sorry. Jeremy's
4: doing with his uh, with his accents and how accurate they are. All
1: right, here we go. And, and it's uh, so and accurate. Where, where I feel like you need... Welsh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Welsh. Um. Uh. And the the capital of Wal Welsh uh, Wales is. Uh, here we go let me fuck it. let me get through this <laughs> fucking piece all right here we go uh from the journal uh ie straight out of dublin subway sandwiches contain too much sugar to be legally considered bread support supreme. oh my god supreme court rules Philly Uh,
4: D covered this the other day.
1: The Supreme (laughs) Court today ruled that sandwiches made by Subway contain too much sugar to legally be considered bread. The ruling today arose from an appeal from Brookfinders Limited, a Subway franchisee, which claimed that it should not have to pay VAT as many products it sells are quote staple foods and should attract zero percent VAT rate. Mm -hmm. That is a VAT is a a a European tax. tax. Taxed in different places across the world. Uh mm-hmm. however the five judge court ruled that the sandwiches must attract a rate of vat due to its sugar content. They go into like the percentages and stuff that I it's yeah. so beyond me but basically it's five
4: times more it's like it's five it's five times more the amount of sugar than is allowed per like the weight of the item. The law it is, the law's law wild serious? though. It yeah. is it
0: yeah. is wild though like I I um I don't think that they should be able to say that their their food is a staple food. I agree with like the ruling in that sense, but like it's fucking bread. Like I get that it's I get that like it's really high sugar content and it's not healthy. But like when you look at it, yeah, but it looks like, like bread. bread? It tastes like bread. Yeah, but like well, it's, that's, it's like so bread. Bread. I so one I of mean, the, obviously it's not healthy. I went but. to the
1: comments because now I'm all about comments. Now that I saw that uh, antifa comment oh, I, that dude. I thought was so great, I went to the comments. And and yeah yeah I the, I, I, live in, I live in the comments now um, the their comments were uh, th- this was kind of interesting it was I was like huh oh, he make, makes, makes it makes a good point uh, this is coming from someone named peed off uh, that's uh, three e's <laughs> peed off uh, with that much oh and actually they're probably from Dublin so with that much sugar in a sandwich it should be called a biscuit. <laughs> yeah, real, dude, he's got I'm not done. Real bread <laughs> should contain no added sugar. Wonder how much sugar <laughs> in those burger buns from fast food outlets? Get a big blast. that not jaw for a burger. Maybe they a my market for sub blast. don't suck. i just take the part of that. <laughs>
4: there we go. You got, like, slowly more... Uh, um,
1: uh, Peaky Blinders,
3: you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: I,
2: I, and slowly less comprehensible.
1: Well, like <laughs> that like, was really good, Taylor. I was actually so that actually was a uh, South London, uh, sorry, sorry, North North London, uh, Norfolk, Birmingham, uh, Bur- Birmingham Bur- Bur- accent Bur- uh, that was set Birmingham. in the same time as Peaky Blinders. So good job.
0: I don't, know wow. man, guys. I hate to be the far right guy in the group right now, but I believe in freedom of speech, and if you want to make bread with a fuckload of sugar and call it bread, even though it's more like a cake. You should be allowed to do that. And and the, you could and be a member of Congress, Brian. <laughs> you could be like a member yeah.
2: of Congress because this whole story, it's like what it reminds me of. It's like the reverse of when Congress declared pizza a vegetable.
0: Do you remember what? that? What? No, 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 I don't no, remember. Y'all that. don't know this? No, oh, okay,
1: I'll, no. I'll look
2: it up. No, no, the Amer- U.S. Congress declared that pizza was a vegetable so that it could be like sold in school lunches more than it should be. I don't what? know, dude. Like when sometimes wow. I
0: tell my girlfriend that I'm going to get potato salad when I go get a poutine because really it's just fucking still potatoes mixed in oh. with some other like. Dude, that well, is a another genius thing, life you know? hack. That really right? made like, me want a the dressing, is the potato gravy. salad. Yeah, yeah, I know, dude. Don't you want a potato dude. salad? Especially if you have like a stuffing potato salad, because then it's just other vegetables. Oh, yeah, Definitely. it's
2: because it contains two tablespoons of tomato paste. So that was sufficient.
0: Is
1: uh, <laughs> interesting. Is this so? <clears throat> having, having said this, you know, the, the fact that um, in Dublin, in Ireland, uh, subway sandwiches contain too much sugar and legally can't be considered bread. Does that change your thoughts or feelings on the next time you're hankering for a meal and the only option is Subway? Does that change the way you would go about it?
0: No, absolutely, it, it, it does. It more me. appealing.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. well. <laughs> Jesus Christ!
4: Yeah, if anything, it, that way, bunch it, of animals. It changes it for
0: me mostly because I I wasn't aware of how much sugar is in it. Like I I'm I'm you know aware that. Subway isn't healthy, but like in terms of like having Subway compared to McDonald's, I would think that Subway would be the healthier option. Yeah. And to be fair, I worked at cool. Subway. So I like, I, yeah. I have insider <clears throat> knowledge on that. And like the vegetables are, are mostly like real vegetables that they cut up in the back. <laughs> yeah. So Brian
4: was a, uh, Brian was a
0: sandwich artist for sandwich our time. three I days. Didn't get paid. I, vol- I basically volunteer there. I, you know, what's funny. I got fired from Subway on my third shift because I was making conversation with the manager and, uh, she said, so what, what are you, what are your interests or like, what do you want to do in university or whatever? And I was like, oh, you know, like this for me is like a stepping stone. I'm, um, like looking for alternative career options too. And blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, you mean you're not committed to this job? And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, you're looking for other work. And I was like, well, I'm like 18. She was so. like, I, she <laughs> was like, I'm, I'm. She was like, I don't I, think this is gonna work out. She and was like, I'm home. sorry,
1: Brian, but we are only looking for lifers here. Okay, lifers, This dude. is a lifers only uh, subway franchise. Or Lauren, <laughs> sure what were you gonna say? You're gonna say you, gonna say you knew was someone? Gonna, yeah.
2: So like, I, I I knew somebody that got given a platter of free cookies from Subway because he mm. never got vegetables. And he got Subway, like, every single day. And because he never got (laughs) vegetables, he saved them so much money that they gave him a fucking platter of cookies. But, like, and speaking of Subway cookies, exactly. Like, for me, this knowledge now makes Subway more appealing because now I just think of it as, like, two cookies with, like...
3: Meat,
4: cheese, jalapenos, all the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I want it. Exactly. (laughs) Now I want Subway.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sandwich stuffed pastry. I knew Mm -hmm. someone. I knew someone who got fired from their job at a gas station. And on their last day of work, I walked in to get a slushie. And he said, don't get a slushie. And I said, why? And he said, because I poured a cup of piss into it. And I said, that's Whoa, wow. crazy. And he <laughs> is said, that legal? no, uh, no, uh, no, no, totally legal. Yeah, sure. I'm sure it's legal. <laughs> do no, I, I don't think so. Slushies. <clears throat> and uh, and that's a story about how I'm from a place called
0: Lower Sackville. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, what's crazy, though. I do want to know what. Are the, so you walk up to Subway in Ireland and your first choice, as everybody knows who goes to Subway is what type of bread do you want? So, chocolate chip <laughs> <laughs> What do they say now I mean like, they really they, like, they really
1: should just go Yeah fine fuck it Like let's put Let's get the chocolate Swizzled bread on there Let's do the Let's do the fucking The, the classic Sugar donut bread
0: But what do they true. ask Like what do they say um, What type of cake Would you like your sandwich on Like what Yeah right What do they say What right, word cause, do they use Because they're
1: not going to say What kind of bread do you want Can they, they not
2: say... Which biscuit
1: Well yeah, I <laughs> mean Which biscuit would I you mean, like? You know, that's actually a good question, Brian, because I don't know. I mean, it does say that. Legally cannot be considered bread, so may, maybe the maybe if they just put quote quotes quote, around bread, bread. Yeah. Go, what, yeah. What kind somebody's. of quote quote unquote bread would you like? <laughs> what kind of bread would what you? Kind like? of, what kind of bread alternative would you? Yeah, like? they have to they have to say it with an inflection. <laughs> and so, what kind of bread
0: would you like? <laughs> the person's like, excuse me, and they're like, I use the inflection. I don't know, I didn't hear it enough. Oh, I feel like this it. is
4: a good place to say the word allegedly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um, wait, guys, i don't want to get i don't, don't want to get
4: sued by, by big by big sandwich
0: <laughs> guys i want to I bring this i want to bring this uh, full circle and just apologize for the way that i started this conversation because uh, anti- i said that we didn't have conversations that were thoughtful and meaningful and hey, this and is this I is i take that back
1: this is both of those things uh yeah that anti-defamation training did not go well um all right let's uh Guys, listen to this today's episode. You want some smart stuff? You want to hear some stuff that's actually going to change your life uh, for the better and uh, and uh, and be a little bit more intellectual than what you just heard? Well, then don't turn the podcast off because we are talking to Doctor Larson. Uh, he's a smart person, doctor, straight out of the United States of America, and uh, we talk about wastewater and how <coughs> really cool scientists like himself are. Uh, testing wastewater to get an idea of the outbreak situation of covid in certain cities and it's it, they can narrow this shit down really specifically if you remember a couple of weeks ago we actually talked about this we talked about an article that we came across that uh, that talked about this exact thing and uh dr larson was actually uh quoted in this article and um he had some really interesting things to say so sit back relax um you know fire up another whip out the condoms and and grab the lube have another have another go while we two. while we speak to Dr. Larson. <laughs> we are sitting here with Dr. David Larson. Uh Dr. I'm going to I'm going to pose this question to you, which I've been I've been asking most of the people that have a DR in front of their names. Are you a medical doctor or a smart person doctor?
3: I'm a smart person doctor. Yeah. Hell yeah. Not, All right. not a clinician. So my, <laughs> my doctorate's in public health.
1: Public health. Yeah. So you're the associate professor of public health at Falk College at Syracuse University, and you specialize in global health and infectious disease epidemiology. Is that is that correct? Yep. So a couple of weeks ago... Um, we, we stumbled across an article uh, from courts that was talking about how cities around the world um, some cities around the world, are using poop to look for early COVID-19 outbreaks, so basically testing the wastewater uh, to get an idea of like what the outbreak looks like in, in certain cities. And you were quoted within that article. And, uh, I, we, I mean, first of all, I'm going to say it. I just love talking about shit on this podcast as you much do. as we possibly can. It's, yeah. We, we, we always try to find a way to talk about it. And this is a new way we can talk about poop and get away with it. Uh, but, um, I, I am, I, I do find this very curious. So, you know, COVID as far as, as far as I can tell, and, and as far as I think most people could tell um, is, is a, a disease that is spread through droplets, right? Um, through sneezing, coughing, what have you. Um, but we, we started through having conversations on the show, we started to realize that it also can spread through fecal matter. Can it spread through fecal matter or, or is it detectable
3: through yeah, fecal that's matter? A, that's a good question. It's definitely detectable in feces. Um, we don't think, the current science doesn't think that it's spread or that fecal oral transmission is a is a big uh, spreader.
1: For- okay, interesting that it can be detected but not not spread that way. Yeah. What so so what is um this might be a dumb question but like what is what is wastewater and and how does one go about using that to predict COVID or any other kind of disease or outbreak?
3: Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so wastewater is basically anything you flush down the drain, down the toilet. In some older cities, you're going to have combined sewers, and so all the rain gets into the sewers and comes out with it as well. Other, other uh, cities that are more modern, they separate out gray water from toilet water, and gray water is like showers and dishwashers and laundry and things like that. Right. And then to, you know, wastewater treatment plants, they're always testing the wastewater before they release it back in the environment. And so they're pulling wastewater on a regular basis, testing it for E. coli and other Bacteria testing it for different chemicals before they release it back into the river or the wherever they're going to release it.
1: Right. In in that Quartz article, I remember reading that, that it's not like standardized from like across across the across the board. So are different cities like is there a is there a how how like how do you go like do you just Take a cup and scoop up some shitty water and
3: yeah, that's and, a... and, and
1: stick, a, stick a Q-tip in it and then I don't know, stick it in a centrifuge or something. Or...
3: Yeah, so so that so that's method called the grab sample, where you just go in and you scoop out a grab. You take a grab. Um, more standardized methods would be a composite sample, right? And when you think about representativeness of wastewater, because everything flows downhill, right? It's going to end up in that wastewater treatment plant. And so every toilet that's connected is contributing to that weight treatment plant. And so if you take a systematic sample of the water coming in, then it's going to be representative of everybody that uses those toilets. And so that's called a composite sample. You know, we do a 24-hour composite based on human cycles or typical cycles. You know, some people are longer, some people are shorter, right? And so that's that's the industry standard, composite, 24 hours. We're testing out... You know, it takes 24 hours to pull that sample, so we're testing out the grabs. Can you do a grab sample, just pull out real quick, and can you get good, uh, good information on the, on the virus and whatnot? That's the sampling side. On the analysis side, there are like eight different methods.
1: Mm.
3: You know, talking with the U.S. CDC, um, they're thinking that the methods on analysis won't be standardized for maybe two years or so. And so there's not been a, as much attention paid to wastewater surveillance for infectious disease as perhaps there should be. And that's just reflective of nobody cares about public health until something bad happens. Right. Right. And because so, the process has been around for years, right? 1990s it was used broadly to detect polio. Um, and to ensure that you know you don't have polio circulating. Um, oh, no shit. Yeah, so so it's uh, so our, our method that we use, you know, is pioneered by Dr. Hyatt Green from SUNY ESF and Dr. Frank Middleton from SUNY Upstate. We use an ultra-centrifugation, spins it super fast. The filters, so, so a lot of centrifuge methods, they use these filters um, and centrifuge filters and like, they're completely out of stock. You know, Rule number one of a pandemic is if you can't produce it in-house, then it's not going to be able to be scaled. You, can't, you mm-hmm. can't replicate it. And so they pioneered this uh, sucrose cushion. So it's basically sugar syrup that they put underneath the wastewater, spin it real fast, all the heavy stuff falls through that sucrose cushion, and then you can detect it with a typical PCR um, PCR uh, test after that. We got, we're getting pretty good results. So,
4: is this something that, like, so is this, is this a method? Now, you said that it's not used as widely or recognized as widely as it, as maybe it should be. Is, is this something that, that, you know, it's like towns and cities across, um, I mean, you're, you're based in the US and here in Canada and, you know, I mean, anywhere in the world could be deployed as a method to, to focus. Uh, to focus testing resources in in the case of like a pandemic where you could say, "Hey, this place we tested the water like co- like we 've been broadly testing everywhere on like an in an equal measure, and we 're actually seeing that this place over here has like very 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 little covid um, in the wastewater so like let 's not let 's not equally distribute the 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 resources there let 's go to this place that has just like a ton." of outbreak happening because we can see it in the water.
3: Yeah, precisely, right? So, so my, my career is using data to inform public health interventions. And you look at how Ooh. devastating COVID public health interventions are, you know, you're talking economic lockdowns, social isolation, and all of that comes with severe, severe consequences. You know, we haven't seen the end of the, the, the pandemic recession. You know, my, my, my two girls, or I, I've got three girls, but the two older ones, you know, they're I don't know what's going to do with their social and mental health you know, it's mm-hmm. we're still going to see what happens so if we had had wastewater surveillance as a preventive measure across the country or across a country right you could see where coronavirus comes in and then you're looking at targeted interventions at the early stage of the pandemic mm-hmm. right and and you know we know that Coronavirus or any type of emerging infectious disease will come in through the airports comes in through the larger uh, Transportation Mm -hmm. hubs and then spreads Mm -hmm. out and so there were times when you know my family out west in Utah They're like they have no Coronavirus in their state while Mm -hmm. we're in New York just getting getting pummeled in New York City And even the state of New York New York City gets pummeled and it takes an entire month before it gets into upstate where I live Mm -hmm. and so by June July you know maybe it's throughout the entire state but there's likely parts of the state that it's not there so mm. that's one of the big pieces i'm interested in is using this to make us more open so we have to learn to live with the pandemic if we're not going to go if we're not going to go ultra aggressive like new zealand or, or china or new Ze- or vietnam then we have to learn to live with the pandemic and mm. and knowing when we it's safe to engage and when it, and when we need to pull back that's- is
0: is the intent to look at, I was reading a great article in the Atlantic yesterday about dispersion and it was talking about how the um, COVID-19 is, is overly dispersed. So it basically, it doesn't, it's not standard that if if we talk a lot about are not, but that's not really a good measure of how um, the virus spreads what happens is we tend to get these these clusters. So with measuring wastewater is the intent to find out where these clusters are so that if a cluster pops up, then you can maybe, and maybe this is overly simplified, but shut down that part of the city and allow the rest of the city to stay open while that one mm. kind of stays isolated so that they, you can prevent the spread of the virus outside of the community where it seems to originate from.
3: Yeah, so very good points here, right? So the over-dispersion factor actually makes coronavirus easier to control. Because so much of transmission comes from so few infections, 80% of transmission from 10% of infections, that means 90% of infections are going to be this like slow burn and, you're, and they're not going to explode. And mm-hmm. you can catch those up with contact tracing, isolation. But if you get a lot of those little clusters going, then you have exponential spread. What we've seen in some of our counties is we, can, we see an alert that the cluster is about to happen. And then they find that cluster. And then sometimes we'll see, all right, that cluster is taken care of. Good job. Kudos because the wastewater is gone. Or we see it continuing and, and we just report, look, there's still something going on there. And so you, have it dealt, you haven't busted that cluster sufficiently. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, yeah, it's, it's maybe not at the scale of a city, but maybe smaller than that. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the cluster detection and cluster busting, yeah, how important in, is that? In that,
1: in, in that court's article, w- they were talking about how like you could you could specify down to like the like a college's um, uh, 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 dormitory, like yeah. it, like the, it's so specific. It's really yeah. We have it
3: outside all of our dorms at Syracuse University. Yeah, and it right. tells us like I think of the I think of the surveillance as the smoke detector, and the mm. testing's the fire department. And everybody's focused on, let's just Ooh. test everybody. And they, they have they have no clue about the logistics, about the supply chain, about the person mm-hmm. power that that would require to test everybody so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, massive Similar resources. to fight, fighting fires. We don't have a fire department in everybody's house. You put a smoke detector and then you call the fire department when necessary. Mm-hmm. And so we, I, we yeah. deploy when we need to. It's it's a is a, there was a really great point um, that I heard that,
0: that if you're trying to, so say somebody comes in and tests positive and you're trying to figure out who they've been in contact with. So you're looking and you're trying to test all the the people that they have, may have potentially infected with the statistic that you brought up that, um, 80% of the infections come from 10% of the cases They they said that we shouldn't be looking forward. We should be looking backwards and finding out who infected that person and finding out who they may have been in contact with, because odds are that if they infected you, they infected other people too. And, um, I, I'm imagining. I imagine that this could play a huge role in public health outcomes on a, on a broader scale. Because if we're able to determine where these clusters are, then you know all of these. You mentioned your your uh, daughters. Then hopefully they can live, uh, go back to a quote unquote yeah. somewhat normal life, and instead of instead of having to stay isolated right now, we could open up a little bit more. And is, is that is that kind of what we're trying to do here?
3: Yeah, that's 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 basically what I got why I got into this. Right, I'm really in my in my career, I really focus on negative results. So I've have got a lot of experience with malaria surveillance in sub-Saharan Africa and malaria elimination. And and how do you know a pathogen a pathogen is actually gone? Is you have to really measure it. You have to get out there and you have to have a ton of data. And so, I. One of the cool data products that we produce is the probability that a community has coronavirus under control. And right. And so and then the early warning that if it jumps out of control, you know, before you know in the health system. So.
0: Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend.
3: girl.
4: I'm. I'm. Uh, something that jumped out at me in this uh, that the article that Brian mentioned um, in the Atlantic when I was reading yesterday was, um, is that we have doing this show, we have had a dozen, maybe upwards of twenty ish conversations with professors, clinicians, um, PhDs across the spectrum. Surrounding COVID, how it's spreading, why it's spreading, how it originates, what our future looks like, epidemiology, like, like, we've really, we've really spanned the spectrum of conversations. And I was reading that article and going, this dispersion thing is new, is relatively new to me. I mean, I've heard clusters, I've heard of super spreaders, but I haven't, but I was reading that article and going, this is the key. I mean, I think that was actually the, that was the yeah, point of the article was that was right? it was the key. And I was going, man, how even 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 me who has been, you know, relatively on top of this in terms of like having, tons and tons of conversations about it with with people who are in the know, and I'm not really I'm not really tuned in on this. It it is is it something? Is this like cluster and dispersion over dispersion? Something that has just broadly been overlooked and underutilized um and and if and if so or is it just that we're like you know the layman person is just out of touch with the specifics of it uh, but if it is if it is like if it is um not being deployed or the understanding of it isn't being implemented enough why is that
3: yeah that's a really good question um so overdispersion happens with all with all infectious diseases it's a principle of infectious diseases that certain people for for perhaps biological reasons, definitely social reasons, they will become more likely to, to spread an infectious disease than others, right? And you see this with sexually transmitted diseases, you see it with vector-borne disease and respiratory pathogens as well. What I've seen in this pandemic, you know, our public health system is, is dominated by clinicians. And clinicians, when an individual is sick, is the, very much the correct person to go to. Mm-hmm the clinician standard training of infectious disease is person to person and they don't think in terms of populations mm. whereas epidemiologists that are not clinicians all they think about is statistics and it's like this the average person thinks about averages as a mean and a statistician will look at an average and say well what's the dispersion parameters mm-hmm. Right? how reflective is that mean of the actual <clears throat> process and so for for out and out infectious disease epidemiologists the overdispersion, the k value, right? That's that's more important than the R naught. But then for a clinician, because mm-hmm. and it, and it goes back to training and it goes back to who has the power in, in public health. Then they think about the R naught and mm-hmm. you know an R naught of 2.5. I don't, what does that even mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? But the overdispersion, when you think, all right, is it uh, 80% of the infections from 10% of the population? Okay, this is more than twice as overdispersed as typical for an infectious disease. Mm. And so then you start thinking how is this thing going to spread? You start targeting the environments that allow it to spread and ramping up the interventions that'll contain it when it does spread.
4: And for, mm. for people who for people who are who are, you know, just not familiar with the with the terms there, the R not, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, is like is the the average the the statistical average of the amount of people that will become infected by an infected person, which I think for this was something like is two point five or three for, for yeah, coronavirus. That's true And in, and in the article, they likened this, they likened using this metric, like saying, um, you know, the average, there's 20 people in the bar and the average, uh, wealth of the, of people in the bar is $10 billion, but Jeff Bezos is in the bar. And, and so Jeff Bezos is the, (laughs) like, you know, he's the billionaire Everybody else is not, but the average is ten billion because Jeff Bezos is so wildly more wealthy than everybody else in the bar, Mm. and so the the average means nothing in that scenario. And likening this are not the average amount of people infected by an infected person um, to to that example, and that um, and that the the that that figure the eighty percent eighty percent of cases caused by ten percent of people that like that just blew my that blew my mind because i know so- socially we are we are we are looking at everybody who's been diagnosed with covid um in the same light like in the same going everybody everybody who has it or who has had it is equal in the way that they could sp- they could be the spreader to everybody which i guess is true in a way cuz we don't know who we might not know who those who those people are but yeah that article was just mind blowing um, to me reading those reading through that
0: Dave, in, in terms of public health, I don't know if you can speak to this, but like in terms of public health policy, are there are there things that that you look at that we're doing that you're like, that's fucking crazy like why can't wh- why are we doing this this way? We should be doing it this other way instead, especially speaking to like dispersion like and and the fact that that hasn't really been considered? Are there mm. things that you think that we should be doing differently?
3: At, at this point, <laughs> you know I, I know the most about the state of New York, and I think New York State's doing really well, right? They took that. If you look at the history of this pandemic in the U.S., you know we, China published the the genetics code early January, and then you had the CDC mess up the testing. <laughs> the U.S. decided not to use the WHO the IP two IP four primers that the Institute of Pasteur put out. That's the that's the. The snippet of, of nucleic acids, the c- genetic sequence that's detected in the test, right? And so the WHO puts out theirs, the CDC puts out their own, and uh, and America was immediately on the back foot in that, right? So that's one misstep. Um, the misstep around masks was a, yeah. was a huge one, right? And I I'm still frustrated. You know, in public health, the trust of the public in public health is paramount. Yeah, they have to trust the scientists. They have to trust. The officials, because if you lose the if you lose the people, then you lose any type any any hope you have for control. Mm. And so that was a huge misstep. And I and I can understand the fear of you know the the shortages in healthcare workers because healthcare workers are more exposed. But I would have trusted people to 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 send in masks, even though even though that uh, that it, they we, they were known to be effective. Um, mm. When we when we shut down society, basically all the states did it differently. And New York State took that moment to really vamp up, ramp up their uh, contact tracing. Other states, you know, uh, Texas is one. They they claimed contact tracing was much too much of an invasion of privacy, right? And and contact tracing is the thing that'll work. That's how, You know, that's how we control the pandemic is through contact tracing. And so that's the one thing where I'd like to see more investment, more investment into testing contacts, different policies um, around that. Um, and then the wastewater surveillance, I think would, would be super helpful, especially as Mm. transmission increases to be able to distribute not only tests, but also contact tracers and efforts, personnel, attention, all these limited resources that we have.
1: Mm. You, you've done work, like you said earlier, um, surrounding, uh, malaria and, and like mosquito, uh, born or mosquito spread diseases, uh, in the past, this is your job, you know, public health, like this is your world. Uh, a bit more of a, like a personal question, but like how, how, what's it like doing your job now during a, a worldwide pandemic versus your job, say this time last year, you know?
3: Yeah, it's a good question. You know, the, the diseases I work with, malaria, that kills, you know, 500,000 people per year. No mm. sweat, right? You know, when I started working with it, it killed a million people every year. Uh, kids under the age of five. And so when we talk about severity, there'll be more people that die from malaria this year than there will, the, will likely die from COVID-19. And this pandemic will disrupt stuff like malaria, tuberculosis, and HIV treatments. Mm-hmm. The, the the U.S. and Canada we live in this world where for us infectious disease is something that gets treated easily and is not a big issue. Um, and now it's hitting home. So always before I would fly home, right? I'm a I'm a basically exploiting the colonial structure of of history i jet in and do some work fly home back to my bubble here in the us and and be fine that way and so now it's a very different thing when when my kids are the ones at risk my parents are the ones at risk from the mm-hmm. disease that i'm that i'm trying to kind of fight you
4: mentioned um you you hit on something that um that came up um i can't remember what i was watching but it came up in uh, might have been Bill Maher I was watching, but anyway um they were talking about uh what you just touched on there with uh things like tuberculosis and malaria um and I think it was h i v was the th- was the three that w- would take hits um and you 're seeing um rates of those rates of those uh infections and diseases um and deaths related to those uh going up as a result of um, um efforts being being deflected towards COVID so heavily, um, can you speak to that? What what like what is the like is there a quantifiable is there a quantifiable impact there? And is it and and are we and and are we overkill on on resources towards COVID in relation to its you know I don't want to underplay it because it's obviously it's it's something that is worldwide something that we have to tackle. But is it you know is it overkill on resources towards COVID?
3: Yeah, good questions. You know, uh, first take you back to the 2013 Ebola epidemic in Western Africa, and malaria killed two or three times more people than Ebola did. And, and why is that? You know, malaria is a very treatable disease, as is tuberculosis. HIV is very preventable, and you can even treat HIV, so it never develops into AIDS. And so when the, when the health system is disrupted by an external event, it could be a pandemic, it could be conflict, it could be a flood, then you would remove access to care for people who have endemic disease transmission in their communities. Mm-hmm. And with that, without access to care, then you're subject to some of these illnesses that are very deadly but are very treatable and so they just shoot up. And so it happened in Ebola where Ebola kills, destroys health systems. Um, really, really, it's really bad on the health system. Um, but it doesn't spread to the general population nearly as easily. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it Wiped out the health system in West Africa, decreased access to care, disrupts all the attention, focuses in on that, disrupts everything. Now, are we spending too much attention on COVID? You know, I would argue that we're not spending enough attention on these others. And that's been the case for, for decades. Right. And, and mm-hmm. with COVID, that's potential to we've seen what it can do when it's unchecked in Wuhan, in Lombardia, region of Italy, in New York City. Where it just overwhelms hospitals and you start and you and we would start to see the similar effect where non-covid deaths but pandemic caused deaths because people can't get access to care and that's the big fear with covid is it just Mm -hmm. is is overwhelming Um, as we learn to fight it our strategies may change and the tools and we shouldn't judge the decisions from earlier this calendar year on the tools we have currently and the understanding we have currently right i remember reading an article about COVID in sub-Saharan Africa, and I, I was just sick to my stomach thinking about the, the huge effects that it might have in mm-hmm. sub-Saharan Africa. But it turns out, maybe it won't. You know, there's not a lot of transmission, or there's not a lot of severe illness from COVID over there. <coughs> and so, you know, we have to balance all this stuff.
1: What, what do you, like, what, what is your uh, outlook on, on the future, on the next, like, couple of years? Like, are you you know i i know i know it's still so early in into this process, even though it feels like it's been a fucking lifetime um but what do you do you, you know are you are you feeling hopeful or 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 is it is it a bit of a bleaker outlook than one might hope
3: well I, i'm always i'm always optimistic as a as a person you know i, I carry an intrinsic hope that you know that a pandemic's not gonna it's not gonna destroy that it's tough times and there's I think there's difficulty ahead and to be real it's going to be hard and it might get worse before it gets better mm. um, in terms of a vaccine <clears throat> I I've seen thus far uh, an inordinate amount of political pressure placed on the federal drug administration and the yeah. CDC and so I trust the WHO and the WHO has done a fantastic job of, of grouping pulling together a number of countries and, and vaccine uh, manufacturers to get the best vaccine. You know, not all vaccines are equally effective. And right. if we start vaccinating with a, sub, with a crappy vaccine, then we're not gonna have the best, the option to, to supplement that with a better one later because we, mm. lose, we lose quite a lot scientifically. Mm. So those vaccine trials, all the manufacturers, they'll conclude in March. Mm. The WHO will sit down with experts and the companies and figure out what's the best course. Then you got production and distribution. And right. so I think before we have a vaccinated population, maybe one and a half to two years.
1: Yeah. Wow. At the
3: same time, with good <laughs> contact tracing, aggressive testing, uh, good mask wearing, and pulling back when we need to on socialization, I think we can get back to a pretty normal state of affairs.
0: Yeah. Something that makes me um, uh, scared about the the vaccine is is that if if... Countries start to go to market with one that isn't effective. The public confidence in vaccines in general, not just the COVID nineteen vaccine, but other vaccines as well. And you know the Ooh. the anti-vax movement, as loud as it as as it is and has been, it's not. There's not really that many people. Like the the people are louder than the amount of people that there actually are. But I I'm fearful that if this is rushed, that that group will grow in size. Which will then just fuck up, yeah. People, people's yeah, comments yeah. and vaccines in general. I'm, I'm
1: just afraid that if I, you know, if if we all if we're, if we're forced to take that Russian vaccine, we're all going to turn into communists.
0: <laughs> you know, that's
1: my biggest fear right now. Um, just a, just an autistic commie, and uh, I just I can't Jeez. I can't wrap my head around going it. Hard in uh, the pain.
3: Oh god. <laughs> so you got you got three possible scenarios with a rushed vaccine, right? Scenario A is it works and it works Ooh. beautifully. And and great job on that (laughs) scenario B is that it causes some pretty severe effects. Right. And then some scenario C is it doesn't work nearly as well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't know. I just think we need to wait. We need to be patient. It's going to be rough, but we need to be Mm -hmm. patient and let Mm -hmm. the science do its job.
4: You, uh, you mentioned, um, you mentioned how, uh, how crucial it is that, that for, for public health to work, there needs to be trust in, in public health. you People need to be on the same page with the facts and the data um, and feel free to not answer this question because it has uh, it has political parallels to it but um, when you have when you have um, someone like the president saying you know we want to get we want to be getting vaccines out you know the first week of November um, contradicting contradicting his own, uh, his own advisors, the heads of his own organizations, um, like how, how, and, and contradicting just the, the broad, the broad consensus among the scientific community, it seems like how, what kind of effect does that have on, on the public's, the public's trust in the vaccines, the, 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 just how they feel about, um, You know, when you when you are when you say that that something is coming now and it comes 10 months later, does that have an does that have an impact or or is that just a simple political thing that we could that we can brush off and go, well, you know, we just didn't get it then. We're going to get it 10 months later. Or does it have an impact on how people, you know, trust the public health and and things that are being said?
3: Yeah, I I don't know. You know, I I, I'm not an expert on on vaccine resistance is the is a technical term. On what drives people to to have mistrust of vaccines or mistrust of public health institutions, i can't imagine that it helps you know i can 't imagine that any type of disinformation helps and and there's a recent cornell study that forty two percent of of disinformation about the pandemic has come directly from President Trump, oh. which is staggering um, and it's <laughs> And now you know, he has COVID. Think,
1: now he has it. So that's again. Right. But, who knows? But who knows he, what know, will happen like, now? You know? Right. Like, like I he's, thought that too.
3: <laughs> you know, the status. The, the, like, I don't know. Does he have it or not? Yeah. Like right, so much right. of what comes out yeah. of his mouth is patently like, yeah. false, and so. You know, I just. know. Right I just kind of throw my hands up in exasperation.
4: I'm not a uh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but uh, you, but but uh, Jer <laughs> has Jar has Jar has taken my my complete resistance to conspiracy theories and kind of brought it like slightly above the line over just the past like six just months. A, it's a, just a just little a bit. Little, you've been yeah. you've been infiltrating my brain and it's frustrating. <laughs> You're and, making uh, it
1: sound like I actually believe. In that no, I know that court. you don't. But I know that you
4: have. I know that you have more fun with them than I do, and I that do has rubbed off. That has rubbed off on me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I won't lie. When I saw that headline this morning that Trump had, had, um, has COVID. I was like, Fake. or does he, yeah,
1: like, does he oh want God. to avoid,
4: does he want to avoid another debate? Does like, does he want this? Does he is, that? Is I was it, like, is, Oh is, my God. I, I
1: mean, if his next tweet comes in, it's like hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm free. I'm cured. I, I, I'm cured. It <laughs> took oh, two God. days yeah who fucking knows what a, what, a, what a world we live in and, and you know what's so great it's October it's the spookiest month of the year and there's been a lot of spookiness in this conversation and I uh, p- to be honest with you I loved it I want to wrap it up but before I do I want to get just spooky just a little more spooky just a, one, one last question um, Dave how worried do I have to be of these brain eating amoebas coming to Texas
3: Dude, those things are gnarly <laughs> I don't know man gnarly. it's like Those things come out of the water, get in your brain, and and you're dead almost, it seems. Yeah. That stuff's. I I don't know anything about it other than what I read in the press. And what I read in the press is is disgusting. Super dark. Amazing. It's it's even
1: spookier that you don't know anything about it, and this is good, and your job is wastewater. This is great.
3: In general, humans have a a propensity to pick up on really uh, low statistical probability events Mm. and then become afraid of them, right? Yeah. Because you think about what's the absolute probability of you getting a brain-eating amoeba, there's like 300 million people in the U.S. and there's like two people that got it. Yeah, right. (laughs) right. If you're afraid of brain-eating amoebas, play that lottery play it hard. You're <laughs> probably <laughs> going to win it before you That's get to the it. That's it. All you hypochondriacs out, out there, listen yeah.
0: up. Yeah. Buy a lottery ticket. <laughs>
1: uh, Dr. David Larson, this has been a real treat, man. Thanks for taking the time out of your day today to sit down with us and uh, drop some knowledge on wastewater and COVID and all things spooky.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me,
1: All right. There we go. That was Dr. Larson. And uh, we hope that you practiced safe sex during that conversation. Um, and we hope you enjoyed uh, our conversation with Mr. Larson, because, uh, dude, I, he's he's so he he's you know, I, if, if you rewind and listen back to him, he sounds almost identical to John C. Riley. Did you guys pick that up? No. I did not at the he time. He sounds very, very much like John C. Riley. The whole oh. time I was talking to him, I was going, God damn it. Yeah, you, you yeah like learn- a re- like a like a like a really chill John C. Riley. Yeah, like John C. Riley in an interview. Like like yeah. just just right. him being himself. Yeah. So anyway. is he
2: like the Dr. Steve Brule? Yeah. Of this podcast? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's <laughs> like- Wastewater. It's for your health. <laughs> guys, guys,
1: guys. Uh Dream Guest? Oh my <laughs> Dr. Steve, <Dr>. Steve Brule, <laughs> guys, Dr. Oh, Steve Brule on an April a uh, on a guess. on a Monday or a Friday that just happens to fall on an April 1st, that would oh, be oh, that would be Let's put, we're putting hey, it out into the universe, happen. guys. Yeah. yeah, we're putting it out into the universe. Wheels in motion. I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw a t- I'm gonna draw a tarot card after and see if <clears throat> see, if, yeah, I can, that see makes if I can see if I manifest that's, that into reality. That's the best way to do it. Um, all right. Well, folks, really, we do love that you uh, you took a little uh, listen to that. And uh, like I said from, from before, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for all of you. And um, I think that I'm speaking on behalf of all of us when I say that. So thank you for listening. And um, listen, that's it. That's it for this week. We're, that's it for this Friday. But we come at you every Monday, <clears throat> every Friday. And if that's not enough for you, if you are still drooling, <laughs> And frothing at the mouth for more content, um, you can follow us on social media at Sick Boy Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We're on Facebook for all you old fucks out there, because uh, mm-hmm. I know a lot of you uh, coming in from the CBC. You love the. But uh, <laughs> what about Facebook? You guys, uh, you can go over to Facebook too. We're there too. Uh, we just don't give it quite as much love as we do over uh, on Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter. But um, we're, young. And we're but young. if you want to, if you want to follow us, give us a follow. Leave a comment. Let us know what your thoughts are. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, we definitely want to hear your questions, your comments, but
4: most specifically your concerns when it comes to Jeremy's offensive attempt at UK accents. Uh, if oh. you've got any, uh, any, any, anything that you'd like us to read on the show, like some sh- cool stories. Uh, you can go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact. Um, if you want to apply to be on the show, com slash contact. And alternatively, uh, for all your questions, your comments, and all that good stuff, uh, stories that you want to tell us, you can go to, uh, you can send us an email at letters at com.
0: And a huge shout out to uh, number one Lauren Sankey for being the most amazing co-producer of this show. Whoop, whoop. There's also uh, a few other co-producers. that would be myself, Jeremy Saunders and Taylor McGilvery, And the guy who kind of wrangles us, um, who would otherwise <laughs> be known as our manager, that would be Jeff Lonis. I
1: like to call him huge- my, I like to call him Daddy's daddy.
0: Daddy's daddy. Daddy's Grand daddy. daddy. Grandpappy.
1: <laughs> Grandpappy, Jeff. Yeah. Grandpappy Jeff. Grandpappy Jeff. <laughs> Grandpappy Jeff.
0: That's his new name, man. We got to keep that going. That's great. Grandpappy Jeff. Uh, a huge shout out to uh, Jeremy Saunders, who actually mixes and masters these Feel Good Friday episodes. No, Otherwise, it. it's, it's it. usually Donovan the Meerkat Morgan mixing those Monday jams. Mm-hmm. And then uh, speaking of jams, how about Richo Coyne's uh, music? He's the theme song for the show, and it's fucking sweet. Uh, Rich has a new album that that recently just came out. Oh yeah, one of my favorite tracks, Walls, Ooh. is I highly, it highly recommend going and checking
1: it out. I'm in the music video if you're uh, if, you, wanna, if you, you want to if you are see, that's uh, true. JR, I was looking for you, and it's hard to tell because I'm so makeuped up. I look exactly I miss, like yeah. a Beastie Boy.
0: There was a little <laughs> hint do. if you want
1: to know where Thank I'm you. at.
0: Hey, go uh, go download some of Rich's music or listen to it on whatever listening app services you use—Apple Music, Spotify, or whatever else. All that yeah. good stuff. It's
2: probably better to listen to while fucking than us. So <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, a that suggestion. Very, yeah. Yeah.
0: There's some good yeah. fucking. Hey, uh, some good
1: fuck music in there for sure. Yeah. If
0: you're feeling mm-hmm. thirsty and like going for round three, um, oh we God. won't be here to join you because we're signing off. But you know,
1: best you, of luck. You can you can <laughs> I mean drop those trow and get ready because here comes the theme music. That is it for this week i'm brian i'm taylor i'm lauren i'm jeremy and this is sick boy this is fuck boy